Hallelujah. It's good to have everybody here this morning on a on a kind of a not so warm day. How's that? Let me tell you that next week is time change. How many people's ready for a little bit more daylight? So I want you to put a note on your phone, a reminder to spring forward. Now you'll lose an hour's sleep, so uh, make sure you're bed early and, and get here expecting. Let me tell you this morning, we had a great Christian education hour ahead of time. Uh, we're on relationships, loving God and loving our neighbor. And today I took part in the class that was at Axiom Coffee uh, down the street. And we just did, we did one on marriage, and it's a marriage track. And let me tell you, you might say, well, you know, I, I don't have a problem in my marriage. Liar. <laughs> we all have problems in dealing with one another, even in marriage. Now, you might not, you might come like this, you know, you might have highs and lows, but let me tell you, it's not a, always a time to get involved in a marriage study or education on how to have a better marriage just when you're going through problems. Can I get an amen? Preventative medicine is good. And preventative, or you could say maintenance of your marriage, again, to remind yourself of what is important. Today was a wonderful lesson. And today, Chris and Michelle Blair were the facilitators. They did a great job, as well as I know that there was a great job of the track that uh, Christian Education Hour that was happening here in the sanctuary as well as in the youth building. So every Sunday morning, I'll remind you again at the end of the service that it starts at 9.30 or 9.29 if you're shooting for a target to be here expecting. Let me tell you this, that to be a self-feeder is very important. You know what that is? That the church is not the only where that you get your nutrition during the week. You would starve to death if you only ate right here one time a week. Some people say, I, I, I couldn't even make it through the week. I couldn't make it through the day if I just ate one time at the church. So it's the same thing spiritually speaking. It's important for you to get what you've learned here and process it during the week as well as when you're doing your own Bible study and your own learning about the Word of God and what the Word of God has for you and what it says about you. So I want to encourage you. I, I know that our weeks are busy, but at 9.30 on Sunday morning and then here at this location at 1030 at our main worship service. You know, this has been a great week in that. You know, this morning I heard that Jonathan and Sue have, they don't even know what's happened yet, but they are engaged. Can Will you stand? Stand up for me. Let's give them a hand. All right. <laughs> and so they're excited about their engagement and we look forward to the announcement of when, where, and all that good stuff. Also, Selassie Koto is engaged. Would you stand? Let's give her a hand. Let me tell you, I, I, I love, you know, all these young couples getting married. You know, I said I was in a marriage class today and there was a lot of veterans, you know, people that have been married a while. And then there was my son Heath and May that just got married and, and they were sitting there. And it's funny because all of us veterans, we kind of was, you know, in the middle of it. it What do you guys think? <laughs> they enjoyed it too. They had some good input in marriage. And as you, anyway, we'll just leave the marriage alone. We we're excited about you very much coming to the uh, point of getting engaged and what that uh, will happen in the future. Just the wedding and all the good things that are in store for you. This morning, I want to just get to it. We have a special day and what we're going to do is we're going to speak on the goodness of God and the covenant of God. And then at the end of the service, we're going to pray for those that are in need of some kind, maybe in your body, a healing. I know that there's several people that have asked for a prayer. Some people have gone through uh, surgery and different, uh, different things just through the last month. And, and we're going to ask you, as you hear the word of God, allowing your faith to rise, at the end of the service, we're going to pray for you then we're going to take the Lord's Supper, as the Word of God says, in remembering our covenant as believers. 
At this time, I'm going to ask Gwen to come and she's going to share from the Word of God. Let's give her a hand. Very much. I'm so glad to uh, be able to share the Word with you today. So let's get started. We're going to begin, um, and I'm going to set you up for communion today. It's just going to be amazing. I want to thank Nicole. I don't want to make too much noise here. Y'all might want to turn me down just a little bit. I want to thank Nicole because week after week, she puts together the sermon notes and makes it so that it's attractive for you to to see and visualize. Um, Let me know if there's something I need to do. It's my hair. I need to get a haircut. That's it. Okay. Well, I want to to look at our covenant today, and uh, let's begin in prayer, shall we? Will you open your hearts with me? Father, we just ask that you um, just give us new revelation on this um, wonderful, amazing topic of salvation. How big and encompassing it is. And so we just ask you to lead and guide us in that, in Jesus' name. I pray against any distractions today that your word would go forth unhindered by any uh, outside influence um, or diversion in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, You're so sweet. I'm like, yeah, he is sweet. You're reminding me. How are we doing? Is that, you think that's going to do? All right, we'll try that. Thank you for your patience. You're laughing more than, I'm not sure what happened there. Okay, so let's get started. I love church, don't you? Um, Let's look at our covenant of salvation. I want to look first in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 and 3. So I want to set this up, and we're going to go from Genesis to the New Testament. I promise we're not reading every word, but... We're going to get a full scope. I see some of you already got your stuff out. You're going to write. You're going to take these things with you. It is bigger than I can present to you today. But I'm going to get you started. So let's look at Hebrews. Why we're discussing the whole topic of salvation. How big and how great is your salvation? Maybe you thought it was all done and you were good when you said a prayer. Asking the Lord to forgive you of your sins. Oh no, today you're going to find out that that was only the beginning of something very, very big. So Hebrews chapter 4 says, so we must listen. Uh, It's chapter 2, excuse me. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we've heard or we may drift away from it. We're going to go back and review some of the things that we know about our salvation, and then there are going to be some things that maybe you've forgotten. So let's be humble enough to say, I've drifted away. I forgot that that was part of my salvation covenant. And if I forget that there's a problem, let's continue. Let's go to verse 3. So what makes us think we can escape? And I want you to look right there because what I want you to think of right here is the curse. The curse that's already operating out there in the world because of man's sin. The curse is in operation. It is in full swing and it is out there. And unless we know our covenant, it is going to encroach upon us. And we'll see how that can happen. So what makes us think we can escape the curse? If we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself and then delivered to us by those who heard him speak. Your great salvation. So that's Hebrews, and it lets us know that we've got to continually keep the covenant before us and remind ourselves what belongs to us in in our lives. In Genesis 1.28, I'm not going to go there, but in Genesis 1.28, God empowered man, he empowered mankind, Adam and Eve, to be prosperous. He blessed them, and how did he do it? By his word. He blessed by his words, and we don't want to just look at that and say, how nice. No, everything that God did is purposeful. The blessing, the empowerment to prosper, to be well, to do well, and succeed in the earth went forth by his spoken word, and it's the same way today. That's the system he set in place. The blessing of God, the empowerment of God is operative and activated by his word. And how do you activate it? By speaking his word over your life. So the word salvation actually means deliverance. So we're, we're familiar with that. Oh, yes, I got saved. 
from hell or I got saved from sin. But it is deliverance and preservation. Don't you love that? Deliverance from all the stuff in the world and preservation, a keeping salvation, a keeping covenant. So the blessing was released by God's word and it is still activated by his word today. So I want to give you a little bit of background and then we're going to go to the Old Testament and see what is encompassed, what you, what actually happened to you when you got saved. Now this is going to lead us right into communion today. Is it going to be sweet or not? You're going to know, you're going to take communion today in a way you never have before. You're going to be, it's going to be like a newness of life to you as you take communion. And then that's going to change things from here on out. We're going to remember, oh yes, that's what the blood of Jesus has done for me. That's what I remember about my covenant. So I want to go to Galatians 3, chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. And we're going to look at, in Galatians, we have a New Testament passage that is going to lead us and link us to what God wanted us to have. So remember, God's whole idea was good. Many people say, well, then why did he create the devil in the first place? Well, he didn't create the devil. He created a being to worship him. The devil created himself when he stepped outside of his role and he actually spoke against God. He rose up against God when he was a created being that was created to worship God. So the devil had some some self-will in that. We think about that today. We think, well, if God is so good, why all the junk? God didn't create that junk. He did give a free will. You parents, you know, you have good things in mind for your children. But at a very young age, they learn to say no. And so what do what do we do? We we have to teach them. The Word of God teaches us so that we can stay in line and not go our own way. And in doing that, we stay in connection with the blessing, the empowerment of God. His empowerment for you to prosper and succeed. I'm telling you, it is going to be such good news today. I need you to get ready. I need you, maybe you just need to, you know, get your feet ready, whatever, because you may, some of you may want to just stand up and jump. I mean, it is such good news. You, you have no idea, unless you study, um, this week, but you have no idea the bigness of your covenant. God took care of everything. When man sinned, he didn't say, uh oh, now this is a huge big deal. He was not stumped. He had a plan in place to put the blessing, that, uh, that blessing that he issued, that he spoke over Adam and Eve. He was not content that they disobeyed and that sin put a blockade. You hear me? That's still the case today. Sin blocks the blessing. Sin, why do we want to not sin? Because we want to be a square? Because we, we're thinking, oh, I'm going to give up all my fun in life? No! God fully intends to get every good thing to you. But oftentimes people try to get it on their own. That's what sin is. Trying to get the good things in life without having God's blessing. I want you to think of sexual sin. Trying to get the pleasures in this life without going through the marriage covenant. God's way. Um, any, any drug abuse. Trying to find pleasure. God fully expects. He created you for pleasure. Moms and dads, we need to teach our children this. He's not trying to get our fun. He's not trying to short-circuit our lives with, with if, if your Christianity is boring, you're doing it wrong. And that's where our children oftentimes leave the faith. You, you tell me I got a what? And mom, dad are like, mom, dad, spirit. No, no. This is the best life. The best life. What would there be for our children to rebel against? It is, this is it. And we gotta show them. Pocket cash. How are we going to show our kids the blessing? Yes, you can have it. No, we don't. We don't need it. Oh, no. We want to be a blessing. We want to bless our children. We want to show them good. We want to have fun. Entice them and show them the goodness of God. He is so good. Okay, I'm ready to blow your socks off now. Galatians 3.13. I've been studying this all week, so I'm just I'm so thrilled with what I can share with you. Galatians 3.13 says this. Are we good guys on Galatians 3.13? Hello. 
I appreciate you guys in the sound booth so much. Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead. Galatians 3, 13 and 14 says this. Um, it says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse, um, being made a curse for us, so that, there's a reason, so that the blessing of God could come upon us. All right, here I am in Galatians 3, uh, 13. I'm going to give it to you exactly. Do you have it? I'm telling you, you want to make note of this. i got to find these numbers here. It's a little smaller than... Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that Christ Jesus, so that in, I'm sorry, so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. That's you, that's me. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. And he wanted the blessing of the Lord that was given in the Old Testament to be available to all. In the Old Testament, it was only available to the Jews. God had a group of chosen people that he was keeping. Now, anybody could come in and be a part. You'll see a lot of times in the Old Testament where God refers to invite the stranger in. So they were invited, but they had to come in and follow the law to be a part of that blessing. Well, in the New Testament, Jesus died so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith, that we might receive the blessing. Jesus became a curse for us so that the blessing of Abraham could come on the Gentiles, on you and on me. Let's talk about what that blessing is. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28. I'm going to look at verses 1 through 14. You need to have a a well-woven path in your Bible to Deuteronomy 28. It lines out for you the blessing of God And we're going to see that today. So let's start at verse 1. It says, If you fully obey the Lord your God and follow all His commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Now it's going to begin talking about the blessing. I just took you to Galatians. That's going to tie you to this. You're going to say, you know, is that still? I mean, that was thousands of years ago. Is that still for us? Remember, Jesus came so that the blessing in Deuteronomy 28 could come on you and me. I want you to hear that. It's not coming on the earth. That's why you need to know your covenant. The blessing of God is coming on you. It works on you, in you, so that it then can manifest around you. So don't you don't want to leave here today thinking, if something happens bad today uh, out in the world around us, I thought you talked about the blessing. The curse is operating in the world. You activate the blessing in your life when you walk in obedience to him and obedience to what he has. So it's all doable. So we obey the commandments of the Lord God and all these blessings will come on us. Verse 2. They will come on you and accompany you if, that needs to be circled, if. In a covenant, there are two parts. Think about your marriage covenant. There are two people involved there. One person can actually break the covenant. So with God, there are two parts to the covenant. There's his part and you're going to find out what his part is. And then there's your part. What is your part? To make Jesus the Lord. Notice I I didn't just say Savior. Savior, that's the the only starting point. The Lord of your life. The Lord of your life. Now, some of you, you need to think about it. I've made him Lord. In what area? If it's just over past sin, that's only one area. Are you making him Lord of your life and your finances? Are you making him Lord of your life and your relationships? How, How is he Lord of your life? So making him Lord is a key key way to make sure that, that he has reign in our lives. Otherwise, he doesn't really have reign. We can say he does, but it's just it's just verbiage unless we're living by what he says to do. We're, we're following him. So here we go. It gets big. We're ramping it up. You better think, which one of these do I want? What belongs to me? Are you going to take this today? One more chance. Are you going to take this today? It is up to you. And so don't get upset if, if, if Sister Sweetie over here is having all these blessings. She got a raise. Her kids are behaving herself, themselves like they never have. She might have taken her covenant. And if you're leaving some things on the table and saying, well, I just don't know. That's why we renew our minds on a regular basis because it's too good to be true. 
so you will be blessed in the city, any city dwellers. Will be? Will be? This is a done deal as far as he's concerned. I'm getting in. I am going to take what God has for me. You'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the country, any country dwellers. All righty. You're, you're Texan, so you're going to say yes to that anyway. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. Do you want your children blessed? Some of you are sitting there today and you're disqualifying yourself. Oh, well, they're grown. If my kids, if my kids are not blessed as grown-ups, I'm, I'm hurting. It stings. I'm not going to say, well, they're grown. No, no, no. They were born under a covenant. And if you, you might say, well, mine weren't born under a covenant. I had all this stuff going on where they were born. Just get on under. God is so good. He'll redeem that. So, the fruit of your womb will be blessed, the crops of your land, the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, and the lambs of your flocks. We probably don't have any farmers, but anybody in here have a job. I want to be blessed in the work that I do. I want to be blessed. You do too. I want you blessed. Why? 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 Okay, I'm going to, I'm not going to jump. I'm going to answer. I'll answer in a minute. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. The things that you do domestically, the things that you do in and around that whole job situation, you're blessed. What does it mean? Empowered to prosper and succeed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. Well, you're either going or coming. The blessing of God is for you either way. Let's continue. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. Now, you're probably thinking, oh, yeah, well, I'm not in the military. Let's open it up a bit. Have you had any conflict? Have you had some things come up that rise up? Circumstances that say, you cannot overcome this. Look at that bank balance. You cannot overcome this. Look, and and here's the thing. Oftentimes, the enemy will say to you, well, you know you deserve this. God is not giving us what we deserve under the blessing. All we have to do is obey and line ourselves up and we have a merciful covenant. So how do we, if we do get out of line, I messed up and just be quick to repent. Father, forgive me. Back in line. It's that quick, that easy. So they will come at you from one direction and flee from you in seven. You might be thinking about a week in particular that it felt like that. They were coming at me one more than one direction. It says they will flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns. Well, that's your savings account where you store your stuff. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. I'm telling you, everything's everything. I didn't look it up in the Hebrew, but I bet it means everything. Everything. Everything you put your hand to, and maybe you're thinking, well, that hasn't been happening in my life. We're going to talk about a little bit more about that in a minute. How does the blessing go forth? By the word of the Lord. Do you have a scripture passage over your finances? All it takes is one. If you don't know how to use the word of God, then find out, Google it. What are my scriptures on finances? He will bless you. See, if our children see that in our lives, you're not going to want to go out there and do things without God. Mom and daddy are rich. Mom and daddy, mom and daddy, amen. I, I'm going to bless your grandchildren. You're, they're going to just, your kids, my grandchildren, you just wait. So the Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised on oath. I'm telling you, you are not going to get any bigger than a God promise. He promised you. Are you going to enforce your covenant? I I just, I didn't have the, the notes, but I heard it this week and then went back to it. I heard it in a podcast and I went back to it, but I didn't have, I don't have the reference for it. But in the original Hebrew, under the curse, unemployment is in the Hebrew, under the curse, unemployment. If you're there, or oh, let's say this, God is just so good, under employment. If you don't have what you want, it's not because the covenant is not offering it to you. God has good things for his children. He's just a good, good daddy. 
The Lord will establish you as his holy people as he promised you on oath if you keep, if you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to them. Then all the people of the earth will see. Do you see that? It is important that the blessing, that you contend for the blessing of God in your life. And that you, when things happen in your life that go against what you see here in the blessing, that you say, that's not the plan of God for me. You have to know it so that you can speak it out your mouth and say, Lord, I know that's not, if it's not good, it's not from you. And I resist that. I will not have it in my life. And I say, the blessing of the Lord makes me rich and adds no sorrow to my life. So all, why all the people of the earth need to see? I'll tell you that we as a chapel, we're not where we want to be. All people of the earth don't drive by here and say, oh, not yet. The day's coming. They need to drive by this place and go, what? What? Now, what it's going to sound like is they're, they think they're all that. And you know those Christians, they, 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 they think they got to have all that money. Who knows what's going on in there? They're getting all that money from the old retirees. Our old retirees are rich. Then all the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. God is bigger than you think he is. He's got some good things for you. Deuteronomy 28. Now, here's what this is. The covenant outlined, I I encourage you, go on because I could get to the curses. And then what do you want to do with that? Sickness, disease, Somebody said rebuke it. It's all the bad stuff. I'm telling you. The itch. I just read through that. I was like, Ew. the the All these skin stuff is under the curse. And you want to look through there and see, what do I need to know that does not belong to me? But I'm not going to go there today. You can do your homework on that. But what this is, is it's a title deed. Just recently, we uh, paid another one of our vehicles off, so we only have one now that we're waiting on. So we're, we always believe that if we didn't get it paid for in cash, then we're believing for a short note. Two years. Two years payoff time or a year and a half payoff time. So we just uh, paid off another vehicle, and so now we just have one vehicle note on our new, on John's new truck. But in that, when that title comes, if anyone were to come to me and say, or I got a bill, once that title comes, I get a bill. And it comes in the mail, I say, you know, I could call them up and say, listen, I'm getting a bill and I know we paid that off. And they might say, show me your title deed. Why would I want that? It belongs to me and that will stand up. It's a legal document. It's a legal document that no one can argue with. That's my title. It's paid in full. That's what this is for you. It is the title deed to everything good in your life because you serve a good, good God. It is the title deed. Proof of ownership, that's what this is. Proof that you own something. Remember Galatians 3? He, Jesus purchased that, a very high price paid. The blood of Jesus, he purchased it so that you could have the title deed, this legal document. So you want to activate it. I encourage you, when you read your Bible during the week and you come across something and you're like, wow, that's big, say it out loud. Say it out loud say, Lord, I believe that this is for me. I believe that you're, and I don't see it yet. A lot of times people think they have to understand something or it has to all make sense before they believe it. That is not true. In fact, there are levels of believing. You believe today that your liver's working properly. You don't have to see it. You're just sitting there healthy. You believe it. But then if we move on and we show you a diagram about how the liver operates or even a video, you believe it even more. You understand a little bit more. But if we had a cadaver and we pulled out the liver, you would even more so say, wow, I really really do understand a lot more about the liver. So there's understanding. You just take it. Maybe you're just at that place where I just believe what I hear. Believe what you hear today from God's word and take it for yourself. Your salvation of covenant. Let's go to the New Testament. We're going to, I want you to take down a couple of things here. Take note of some things as we go to Romans and then we're going to move into communion today. Uh, before I do, here's a good little, I just found this. I thought it was awesome. So I'm going to tell you, you know, God promised the blessing on Abraham and his descendants. Who are they? The Israelis. So listen to this. Fact. 
are these facts are evidence of the blessing of God on the Israeli people. Israel has the highest rate of entrepreneurship in the world. Highest among women. Highest entrepreneurship among women. Highest among those entrepreneurs. Highest among those 55 and above. I love that God elevates women. He elevates those that are that are older in their golden years. I'm, the longer you stick with God, the better your life should look. Israeli innovations are those such as the flash drive, cell phone, voicemail. They invented instant messaging, the smallest, smallest video camera known as the endoscope, the pill cam, which is used for digest as a digestive tract camera. They invented the vaccine against the West Nile virus, saving many. Uh, the nanowire, which is 1,000 times thinner than a human hair, was invented by an Israeli. They invented the Iron Dome missile. And finally, 22% of the Nobel Prize winners are Jewish. The blessing of God just works. We have proof, outside proof, to confirm the word. Romans 6, verses 11 through 14 say, So you should also consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin, and alive to God through Christ Jesus. We're talking about your covenant of salvation. Once you ask Jesus into your heart, once you repent of your sins, consider yourself dead to the power of sin. Oftentimes we don't think about that, or we might think about being dead to sin, but we don't go on and think about being alive to God through Christ Jesus. This is a life-giving covenant. Do not let sin control the way you live. Why? Because it blocks the blessing of God. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So when we're talking about the covenant, you are reborn. The old has passed away. There's a new birth that's taken place. New DNA. Why do I say that? Because a lot of times people will pick up on things that have been passed down in their generations. People pass down poverty. How do they do it? Through speaking. Oh, honey, we can't afford that. And it might be so at the moment, but just don't say that. Say, let's pray about that. That's going to put you on the spot, parent. Are you worried that God can't keep his end of the bargain through that little one? You just say it. You just say it. Put the pressure on your covenant. Don't put the pressure on your circumstances. Do you hear what she said? She wants a new bike. You need to go work part-time job. Don't put pressure on someone else. Put the pressure on your covenant. Put the pressure on your God. So in your covenant, all that you need is provided. There are things that are passed down through generations like sickness and disease. If you were here in the month of, I think it was January, Dr. Caroline Leaf spoke to us on a, a video clip and told us about DNA that scientists are finding that, the, that whatever is genetic in our systems, that can be changed. It's an ever-changing part of us. They used to think that whatever's DNA or whatever's genetic, that just is the way it is. It's not so. Well, we know that if we're Christians because we speak the word and believe for change. So cancer runs in your family. That can be broken. It's part of the curse. So, um, I'm trying to think, osteoporosis might run of your, in your family or any other number of things. We want to know that our covenant supersedes anything that's been passed down generationally. So, your point there is you are dead to sin and alive to God. You're dead, and I don't want you to think about sin, but anything that goes against his word, we should be dead to those things. Dead to those things and alive to God. Then secondly, you are offered a life of freedom. You know, if we were to go to New York Harbor today, we would see Lady Liberty standing there, and she represents freedom. But not everybody in this nation is free. She represents, there's an opportunity for freedom. But not everybody walks in that freedom. There are people that are living on the street that are, can't make their own way. 
um, they can't make their own choices. There are people that are incarcerated, so they don't have a level of freedom. So she only is a symbol of freedom. In the same way, your covenant that's offered to you, it's an offering of freedom. You and I have to determine how much of that we're going to walk in. And it takes resistance. You know, in this nation, you and I are blessed because we have such great law enforcement. Thank you, Cody Lineweber. Any other, any other first responders, law enforcement? And then we have military in the room. Angel, thank you. Thank you. We have veterans raising their hands. We have military that have paid the price for us to be free. But now, you can have someone, there might be someone that encroaches on your freedom today, that they try to take something from you. It could be that someone tries to break into your house or whatever. And then what would we do? We would stand up as best we could in our house. We're packing. Me and my husband, we, we've got, we both got our license. We got our license to carry. So don't mess with us. But anyway. But you have your license to carry. You have your license to carry. You need to enforce what belongs to you. And if someone comes up to you and, you know, it'll be the voice of the enemy. You're not all that. You can't get that. That's not going to happen for you. You're a single parent. There is a promise to cover everything you need. So then I want to move ahead to the third point. You have a covenant of protection. You have a covenant of protection. Psalm 91 is a wonderful psalm that lines that out for us. I was just going to see if we had time. I think you guys have that back there. Let's go to Psalm 91. We do have time. You have a covenant of protection. I'm telling you, we're not blinded to the things in this world. It's a scary day to live in if you don't know God. It's scary. And so you want to know what belongs to you, that you have a covenant of of protection, so that you can lay down and sleep at night. So that you can lay down and and know that God is covering you. How do you activate that, that covenant of protection? You speak out your mouth. These kinds of things. Before you go to bed. Um, I had one of my children as a little bitty guy. One of my little boys. And he dealt with fear when he was really young. Maybe three and four. And so I'd go in there and tuck him in. And he would, he would pat the bed. Like, lay down here. He didn't want me to leave. He was dealing with some things at night. It was hard for him to go to sleep. And so at a very young age, I would teach him. Fear not, I am with you. Be not afraid, I am your God. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So cute to hear that little verbiage of a three-year-old speaking out that I am with you. Be not afraid, I am your God. And then in my heart, I'm saying to myself, Lord, that's your responsibility to show yourself real to that, that young boy. Here we go. And so we want to make sure that we don't tolerate things in our life that are covered under the covenant. Psalm 91 says those who live, this is where we we live, abide. You know, your house, that's your area. It's not where you just go every now and then. No, you always come back to lodge. Does that make sense to us as Christians? It's where we live. It's not what we do. We're not doing the Christian thing. Well, no. He who lives in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare. What are you going to declare? This I declare about the Lord. I often go back here when circumstances in my life are scary, are frightening, challenges. I say, Lord, I declare you are my refuge. This is what it says that we need to declare. God has given us words to speak. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust in Him. I like the amplified version on this. You might want to go look at it later. It says right here in verse 3, it says, For then, after I've done the first two verses, then. Oftentimes people say, well, I'm trying to get the Lord to protect me. Did you declare? Are you dwelling in the secret place? If not, just repent right quick and say, I'm, I'm back in. I'm in that secret place. Lord, it's me and you. I declare the Lord. He's my refuge, my place of safety. He's my God. I will trust in him. For then, 
He will rescue you from every... See, some people shy away from preaching the fullness of God's God's word, or you might feel like at times you shy away from it when you're in the workplace because there are certain things that contradict that in your life, and you're thinking, how can I, how can I say that God will always take care of them when I don't know that he will? You, we need to go back to the word. You, I need to go back to the word. He's the one that said every. I didn't write this. He says he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. We need to know that in the days we live in. Chemical warfare. Other things. So futuristic. Word is a now word. We are not dealing with a history book. He will protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night. Don't let your children go to sleep at night. It's their covenant. Mom and Dad, we issue these things to our children when they're growing up. You have a job as a parent. Grandparent, if you've got children that are not teaching your children in these ways, your grandchildren in these ways, take it up. Do it with a great attitude. Just every time they're in your presence and they say, oh, that was scary or this is scary. You know, God said that we don't have to be afraid at night and we don't have to be afraid in the daytime. Tell them. Nor the arrow that flies by day. Verse 6. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness. Where would the darkness be? On the inside. That's where disease takes place. You can't see it. We can't see it unless there's certain um, medical instruments. But do you know, oftentimes there are things taking place in our body that we're not aware of. So when I take communion, if I don't need a healing, I don't know of anything that I'm sick of, I, I take communion and believe for my health. Health and healing are two different things. You might not be sick today, so you might not need a healing, but we can always be increasing in health. Imagine the levels that we could go in our health if we took communion. We're going to take communion in a minute. Moms and dads, let me tell you something. Grandparents, find time to take communion with your children at home. See, we don't want there to be such a stark difference between what happens in church. Everybody's happy. Everything's good. And at home. You don't even know. You, did you eat before we start to pray? Stop it. Don't do that. Say, ah, you ate first, now you get to pray first. That's all. That's all. A covenant of blessing. A covenant of goodness. Mom and Daddy, you've got a tall order. Show them how good it is to follow the Lord. Nor will we be... Afraid of the disaster that strikes at midday. Not in the night. Not in the daytime. Not in midday. Though a thousand. Something may kill a thousand people. So think about, you could think of mass destruction. Though a thousand fall at your side. Though ten thousand are dying around you. Those evils will not, what? Just open your eyes. And again, I like another version on this too. Only with your eyes will you see the reward or the punishment it says in this verse, in this passage, uh, this version of the wicked. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. Now trouble may come your way. Jesus said in this world you're going to have trouble. That's why we need our covenant. We're not in heaven yet. No evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. If you go to Hebrews chapter 1, I believe it is. It could be 2. But it says that the angels, the, their job is to do the, to do the voice, to work of the voice of his bidding. That means the angels of God, when you, we don't need to talk to angels, but when we speak the word of God, it's the job of the angels to go make it happen. So you just say it and they're dispatched. It's, it's the Bible. They will hold you up with their hands. Who are we talking about? The angels. They'll hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Um, just, uh, I think it was just, yeah. I was doing some work at the police department this week. My job oftentimes takes me to do some things with anti-trafficking. Once a month I go down to the police department near Fort Worth. Love to go there. You would be surprised at the faith-based people at the Fort Worth police department. It's amazing. I mean, they start in prayer. They're just, it's just amazing. Well, I was there and 
I, I was walking up to the place and I fell. And so I just fell right quick. And it's just, I've, I've done that other times. And so I just say, Lord, you bear me up so I don't dash my foot against the stone. Someone over there said, hey, are you okay? And I jumped right up. Didn't, you know, wasn't, didn't have a, wasn't down on my back for two or three days. We want to speak his word when things like that happen. I'm, I'm not in my 20s anymore. So I want to speak the word of the Lord when I happen to fall, if I fall. You'll trample upon lions and cobras. You'll crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. Does that sound like possible destruction? But it's stopped because of the blessing of God, because of our covenant of salvation. The Lord says, I'll rescue those who what? What's your part? His part is to issue the covenant. What's your part? Walk in love with him. Walk in love with him. Just be there. Be there. Every time you have the opportunity to respond to God, you want to respond to him. Those who love me, I will protect those who trust in my name. Lisa mentioned the name of Jesus. I trust in the name of Jesus. I trust in his power. When they call on me, you do have to call. You do have to verbalize. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. Maybe you're here today and you think, man, I'm in a mess. He will rescue and honor you. Not, not just rescue from trouble you got yourself into, but honor you on your way out. I will reward them with a long life. Anybody going in here going for a hundred? We're going for a hundred. I'll reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. It's not talking about salvation from, from just forgiveness of sin only. It's talking about a lifetime of promises and covering over your life and mine. Do you believe it today? We're about to take communion. You know, there's two ways that we see the covenant activated. John, you want to go ahead and come up and join me? There's two ways that we see the covenant activated in the Old Testament. By blood, what Abraham would do, what, what Moses did and the descendants later would do, they would bring the best of their livestock. The very best. What were they doing? Tithing. Now, again, this building's paid for, so don't get don't get off kilter if you're thinking, oh, no, oh, yeah, I should have known. They want my money. You want to give your money. You want to tithe because that's part of activating the blessing of God in your life. Tithe when it looks like you can. Tithe when it looks like you can. I'm just telling you, it's worked for us too long. How many years? 27 years that we've that like 31 That's you and me. We've been at the church 27 years. I've been with him for 31. So we want to activate. We want to make sure that we're activating what God has for us. You're going to have to recover that for me. All right. Before we serve communion, it'll be a little bit easier if we pray for those that are in need, standing on their covenant this morning. Because what I want you to do, if there's somebody sick in body, any kind of need that you're saying, you know what, I'm going to stand on my covenant this morning. I'm going to stand on my covenant from now until I see that fulfilled. We've been talking about faith. We've been talking about patience. But the whole year we're talking about harvest. And if you're if you're believing for a harvest in your life, it might be a healing. It might be a relationship conflict that needs to be mended. Stand with me right now. Stand all over the place. Who, who else? Thank you, thank you. All right, we're going to agree in prayer. I tell you what, what I was going to do is I thought that there might be 10 of us stand and then we'd gather around those. Very uncomfortable to some, but I'm going to ask you to stretch. Would you just grab the hand of someone next to you? We're going to believe in prayer this morning. In agreement, where two or three are gathered, Jesus said, I'll be there. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. We're going to bind that against Sickness, disease, poverty, yes. whatever you might have going on. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This isn't happening. There is no disease, sickness in heaven. We're believing for what's happening in heaven to be done right here in the midst of God's children. Would you believe with me? Before we take the covenant, again, reminding ourselves 
this morning we're going to pray with each other. Father, today, as a body of believers, as your children, God, we have put our faith in you. God, we say that we will have patience to see what we're believing for in the spiritual realm. God, manifest in the physical realm. And right now, I pray for those that are going in for tests tomorrow, like Michelle Blair, God, healing yes, in her name. In the name. God, for her, good God, report. in your name, God, yes. I pray healing. Yes. I pray for Joe Forkworth, healing in your name, Jesus. Amen. Father, I pray for those that are having uh, maybe tightness in their chest or our yes. heart issues. God, I pray healing okay. in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for breakthrough in relationships, yes. in marriages, in children and parent relationships. Yes. God, I pray for a breakthrough because, God, we are standing on your covenant this morning. And Father, I pray, come on, church, just raise your voice. Yes, Confess Lord, it. Speak it out of your mouth. God, we believe in healing. God, we believe in redemption, God, of we past sins. Of God, we pray that, God, that today Thank would be a new you, day, a glorious day, because, God, we Thank stood you, on your promises. Yes, we stand on your word. Father, that marriages are brought back together. Yes. God, we're praying Thank for relationships that God that have been broken due to maybe misspoken words, God, that that would be healed in Jesus name. God, I pray for finances, the God that they would be blessed in Jesus name. Father, that we would see God and have revelation over managing and, and, and giving our money, God, to the right places at the right time. That God, that you bring us, God, everything that you have. Thank you. In your covenant for your believers, your children today. Now, God, as we take the Lord's Supper, God, we're reminded of our covenant of what you did on the cross. That God, that we can preach this good news to those that are around us. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to have Gwen now take us through the Lord's Supper. With the worship team come up, we're going to sing as, um, as time allows. Um, our covenant is a blood covenant. That's why we take communion. It is a blood covenant. Blood had to be shed in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus shed the blood once and for all. So we take the blood covenant. We take the grape juice representing the blood of Jesus. And then we also want to remember that we activate what is ours in the covenant when we speak. Every time you take communion, whether it's at home or whether it's here at church, I recommend just while, while you're sitting there, there that you say, Lord, I'm believing you for this in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. That you remind yourself when you take that. We don't want to go, go, go brain dead about the importance and the value of the blood of Jesus and the covenant offered to us. A high price was paid for your freedom. It's covered. If you're feeling hemmed in in your life because things, the circumstances are not right, declare your freedom today as you take the covenant. I'm free in the name of Jesus. Oppressive circumstances. Healing, as John mentioned. Power, empowerment to prosper and succeed in every area is covered in your covenant. And bruised for us, paid a very high price. The price paid determines the value. Your value is determined by the price paid. He said, what your value is. So would you take now, after John, why don't you pray? Honey, you want to do that over the bread? Father, today we thank you, God, for your willingness to come and to seek and to save those that are lost. And Jesus, just like the prodigal son, God, in that story, if the older brother would have come and looked and searched, younger son could have been found. Father, you said that Jesus is our older brother that has come to earth to seek and to save us. Your children. God, we know that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But God, that you have given us a gift. We receive that gift. But God, that it's a free gift that your righteousness enters into us, that we are the righteousness of Christ Jesus. We thank you for that. 
this morning, will you take the bread that represents the body of Christ? Father, we come to you this morning. Blood was shed so that you and I could have mercy. The blood of Jesus represents the mercy of God. When you're in situations and circumstances and you take communion at home, you do it and you activate his mercy. When you say, when you're out and about and things come your direction, you want to say, I plead the blood. What does it mean? I plead his mercy. So maybe you did some things that got you in a situation. What do you do? I plead the blood of Jesus. Because he says, not guilty. The mercy seat. The blood of Jesus is for you. It cleanses all the stuff away in our lives. I am so thankful for the blood of Jesus. Will you thank him? Just right there where you can say thank you, Lord. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that covers us. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that covers my family, that covers my grandchildren and generations to come. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that covers this church. The mercy of God covers this church. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. And with confidence in you and your word, Father, we receive that blood. Father, we thank you for your blood today. God, that forgives us of our sins, that heals our bodies, that heals our relationships. God, as we take it, God, that we believe that God will remember our covenant today. God, help us that stood today, that are believing and standing on our covenant. God, that you shed your blood for us. In your wonderful, wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Let's take the cup together. confession. We've even sang our confession that there's no other name like Jesus. This morning as we return a blessing of what God has blessed us with in the offering, again what we're doing is we're saying God we believe of what your word says over us in our covenant. One of the most important things of realizing that you know we need finances in our life. Those that don't believe that, just try to do it for a couple of months. I believe that if if you had all the money that you prayed for, it would eliminate probably three-fourths of all of our prayer requests in here. This morning, I want you to understand that as we walk in obedience in our giving, that we say, God, we're putting you first. That's what tithing is. The first fruits. It's the first, it's the best of what we have. What we've been blessed. That God blesses us. When read about Deuteronomy 28, Malachi chapter 3 says that. That when you tithe, that I'll open up the floodgates of heaven and pour down a blessing upon you. But now again, if man made that up, You'd say, well, that works for some and it doesn't for others. Matter of fact, that's what the Bible says that some people right after that passage were saying. But just because people do not take the word of God and mix it with faith doesn't mean that God is a liar. So we have been taught in the word of God to do the word of God. And every time that we do the word of God, we prove God to be true in our life. 
Sometimes we want to control others and say, well, you're not tithing. But I know that I can do that in my life. I can do that in my life. I can show the faithfulness of God in my life. And that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to show the faithfulness of God in our giving, in our generosity, that God's covenant is true in our life. So before we take up this morning tithes and offerings, I just want to pray. Father, again, God, we close our eyes just again to focus on you. God, we pray so many times through the service, God, because we want to stop and focus on you. And this is one of those times that as we return a portion of our blessing to you, God, that we do it, that God, we're blessed and we're showing ourselves to be blessed because we can be a blessing, we can be generous in every occasion. Because, God, we've managed our finances right. We have margin in our income. We haven't spent everything. Therefore, God, that we have, that we have, that we have so that we can be givers and generous. And we thank you for that. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. As the ushers are receiving the offering in the next 30 seconds, I just want to remind you of the goodness of the God. And every Sunday, you might leave here and say, Pastor, I just feel so much better for coming. And, and most of us know that the hardest part of coming to church is the first step out of the door. There's so many things that speak to us about staying at home or doing other things or, you know, maybe I'll go next week. But once you're here, you're so much better off because we've come together and we've celebrated together. We've been reminded of the goodness of God. I want to encourage you to be a part of everything that you can be a part of at the church. Amen. Pastor John, I am just so blessed to hear that. Maybe in your mind when I said that, you thought, well, I got all this other stuff I got to go to. I got to do all this. Well, let me just ask you. Every Sunday morning that you replace this with something else, is it more valuable? It's just tough. Every Sunday in the month of March and going into April, we have Christian education. And again, you might say, well, I've already heard everything that's been said about this. But the thing is that faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. I heard some things today in, in our class, the marriage class, that not only am I going to be blessed for it, but so is Gwen. And I heard an amen from the front row. So bless your family and your friends and bless yourself by coming to Christian Education. Also, we have a group of wonderful ladies that come and, and they uh, were the glorious craft night. And uh, let me tell you, they have so much fun and they say so many good things about their pastor. I want to encourage you to come on those nights. Next week, they'll give you some more details but they're coming up. They have a Facebook group. Uh, Gloria's right down, if I can get out of the light here, right down here in the front. If you want information, let me tell you, those ladies have a riot. I come up some nights and I'm down here and I peek my head in and they're just, I wanted to say cackling, but they were laughing, having a good time. Again, be involved. The youth group is meeting on Wednesday nights. Uh, they have a great time. Uh, the singles ministry is meeting occasionally at Axiom Coffee. Let, let me just say this before I dismiss. If you can do it as part owners of Axiom Coffee, you need to try, if you can do it, to come every week. Just walk in, margin a charge, and you get to see what God is doing the ministry of the chapel. Now if you come in and go, I wonder what Pastor John's doing that you missed it. The, the people that are working there, I wonder what they're doing because I'm coming. 
I heard Brianna say the other day that somebody was talking to her and she was saying some things and they go, wait just a minute. Do you own this coffee shop? And she said, something like that. I want to encourage you to support Pastor, I don't drink coffee. We have tea. If you don't like coffee and tea, then we might have to check on something. But anyway, if you don't like coffee or tea, we do have water, and I know you better be drinking water. Eliminate all the excuses. Come inside. Don't drive through. Come inside. And when you walk in the door, say, God, I bring blessings on this place. The people feel different when they come into this place than when they go anywhere else. If they go to Walmart, if they go to the grocery store, if they go to Starbucks, God, we bless them. But God, we pray that when they come into this place, they feel the blessing of God upon their life. Amen?